Hello and welcome to Better Words. My name is Caitlin and I'm just a bookish babe. And I'm Michelle from the Unfinished Bookshelf. So I really want to talk about Infinity War. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything, obviously, because... Spoilers. Yes, Thanos demands your silence. <laughs> um, but I just wanted to talk about it a little bit because I saw it on... A, on um, Wednesday Anzac on Anzac Day, yes, with my younger brother. Um, and we went and saw it together in 3D um, and it was awesome. <laughs> I had so many feelings and if you've seen it, you probably know what I mean. Actually, another movie that I saw <laughs> last week um, was I Feel Pretty. <gasps> yes, I want to hear about this. Okay, so it was so funny. Um, if you haven't seen the trailer, um, so Amy Schumer um, is in it and she has like a, I guess it's sort of been – um, what's the word, like compared with like Shallow Hell, the mm. um, Jack Black and Gwyneth Paltrow, except, um, you know, nothing changes about this character. She just like gets more confident with herself, mm. um, which is amazing to see. And like, yes, she, I don't know, she thinks her friends won't recognise her because <laughs> she thinks she's beautiful and, you know, like in the trailer, like she sees her friends and she's like, it's me. Renee and they'll and then she turns around and they're like yeah full spin full spin okay <laughs> um I don't know it's just really really funny and oh Michelle Williams plays like so she works for a cosmetics company and Michelle Williams plays her boss and she was so funny yeah really really good Aww. yeah it was a great movie like it really was <laughs> and it was quite uplifting really and I'm mm. not usually a huge fan of Amy Schumer and I really liked this one Oh, that's good. Yeah, I think you would really like it. You would yeah, think it's I think so I would. funny. Yeah, yeah. Um, the other thing that we both did this week was read Neverland. Yes. By Margot McGovern. Yes. I love this book so much. I know. I very rarely buy new release books at the moment because I'm trying to read books that I should have read ages yeah, ago exactly. or like that I'm reading been for on our uni or years. that I already own. So I think Neverland is probably one of the first new release books I bought this year and it's certainly one of the very few times that I've picked up that new release like as soon as it arrived. I think the yeah. last one was Eleanor Oliphant a few months ago and I read it and loved it straight away and I did the same with yeah, Neverland. But it wasn't even a new release technically. You, I mean, No, was, I had put new, off. It was new but I had put off buying it for yeah. quite a while. Yeah. It had been released yeah that's right it had been released know the, when it was released but you 2017 oh okay so yeah. I had seen a lot of stuff about mm. it so yeah technically that's not a new release but but you started reading it the second I, I pre-ordered Neverland like yeah. that's how much of a new release it was and it was one of our most anticipated books of the year certainly lived up to our expectations yeah it's it was beautiful Margot <sighs> is such a beautiful writer yeah. and I love the world that she created um, and the characters. Yeah, it's just really, really beautiful. Go read it if you haven't already. Um, yeah, it just she's created such a wonderful environment and such a lovely character in Kit. I yeah. really, really loved it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, it's funny that you say about new release books because the other thing I was just going to mention in this intro was that I am halfway through Leah on the Offbeat by Becky Albertalli and – like I think it was released on Saturday. We're recording this on Sunday. Mm -hmm. um, and I went and bought it yesterday. And I <laughs> considered pre-ordering it um, and because I actually don't own 
her other two books, Simon vs. Homo Sapiens Agenda and The Upside of Unrequited. I don't own them. I borrowed them from the library when I read them. I wanted to buy them because I love them and wanted to own them. And I considered buying them and pre-ordering Leah on the, at the same time and I never mm. did. And then it was released and I was like, oh, okay. And I went and bought them. <laughs> So, yeah. Um, another new release that I bought this week, and I'm going to count it as a new release because it only came out in February, and I am going to take the tone of the podcast down with this okay? because it's a little bit sad. So, uh, fellow murderinos who are listening, I, I'm sure you're up to date on this news, but last week, so there's this book that I have been meaning to read for ages um, because I had heard about it from My Favourite Murder, but also Tennille, who we've had on the podcast mm-hmm. before, had read it when it came out and said it was amazing. So it was always going to be something that I read. Now, this book is called I'll Be Gone in the Dark. It's by a journalist called Michelle McNamara. Um, the tragic thing about this book is that she died before it was written, before it was finalised, and her husband, Patton Oswald, who's very famous, um, and some journalist friends. He couldn't bear to see it go unfinished and so they compiled the rest of her, like, copious notes into the book and they've done that very clearly. Like, they have left the bits that she has written and then been like, these are the bits that we're adding. Like, they've made it. They've not tried to make it like it's finished. Yeah, they've not tried to do her writing style as well because – it is incredible, which mm-hmm. I'll get to in a minute. But I had been putting off reading this and I thought I'd maybe buy it when I went to Brisbane in a few weeks because I'm going down to see Chat 10 Looks 3 live and I'm also going to uh, YA um, Day at, I think it's a South Bank, but the Brisbane Writers Festival, mm-hmm. like YA Day. So if you're going to that, please let me know. I would love to meet you and say hi. Um, but anyway, I was like, I'll, I'll do some book shopping then. Um if you follow me on Instagram, this is such a long-winded story. I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> if it's just got so many layers. I'm like an onion. Um, <laughs> it just made every time I sit, sit, like I just think of Shrek. Yeah. Whenever, like, yeah, anyway. Onions have layers. <laughs> anyway, um, so this semester – for uni, I wrote a true crime piece. I got very into my microfilm research and I I became quite obsessed with it. Um, so from a very on a very small scale, I can understand why Michelle McNamara was so obsessed with this case because my case was solved as well and I was mm. obsessed with it. I can imagine and I understand where her drive for justice came from um, and, and what I guess pushed her to research and dedicate as much time as she did to this book. And then last week I got my marks back. I got a really, really, really great mark. So I was like, oh, that's that's amazing. Coinciding with that um, is the, the fact that the police have now caught the alleged killer about 30 years after the last crimes were committed through a DNA link. So this 72-year-old man has been arrested and they think that they've caught the Golden State Killer. And given the the severity, I guess, of this case, I am sure that the police would not say that unless they were 100% sure mm-hmm. they had their man. 
Um, obviously, they're not crediting Michelle McNamara with this because they were working for ages on it, but undoubtedly her book bought this and her more than just the book, the, the fact that she's been writing about it for years brought that to the public light and she's the one who called this guy the Golden State Killer because he had a lot of other names first and, mm-hmm. like, because he covered a wide area as well there are a lot of different districts who had to work together to try and solve this. So undoubtedly her presence in the case, you know, it, it's there. It. Yeah, yeah, it's there. And it brought it to the public light and I guess made it more urgent. I guess what um, the My Favourite Murder Girls were saying is like the squeaky wheel is, you know, is getting the attention mm-hmm. and that's what she was. She just constantly was asking about this. And, and so as soon as that news was announced, I was like, I've got to get my hands on this book. Like I've been putting it off, but not need to read it now. And at work, as I was looking at the news articles, I rang our local bookstore and was like, can you please put this on hold for me? Went and got it that night and started it this weekend. Sadly, of course, I've had the busiest weekend ever and I'm like only like 40 pages in, but her writing is amazing. It's like, it's like reading fiction but it's real. But it's mm-hmm. real. But when I say that, like, what I mean is that the way she describes and takes you through the house is like she's there. It's like you're there. And what's amazing is that you know that she's built that picture through interviews, through mm-hmm. looking at crime scene photos. It's not – to me that's so much more impressive yeah, that's, that's than fiction. Detail. Like because that is it's, that kind of writing, that level to take yeah. it from just the facts to an actual creative nonfiction like narrative, narrative yeah. is such talent. And I – like she is definitely going to be one of those writers that I aspire to be – now, especially having, like, I did my own true crime thing, mm-hmm. but like, in all honesty, that's what I was aiming for. Like, I had all these old newspaper clippings and stuff, and I wanted to make a story that put people there and had the emotions and stuff like that. And I didn't get the chance to do the interviews that I wanted. would if yeah. if it was going to be published. So, um, she's definitely someone that if you like true crime, like you need to read this book. It's amazing. And as Tanil said to me on Twitter, like all the more satisfying knowing now that he's caught. Um, it's just sad that Michelle wasn't here to see it. Anyway, that was very long winded, but yeah, I'm in awe of her writing. It's gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. And I'm sure that it will be a favorite book. And actually I said this on Twitter the other night and I'm interested to see what you think, but I feel like I've just read so many amazing books lately that I need to read something really mediocre to like even it out. Cause like we've read Neverland, mm-hmm. Margot McGovern. I'm also, I'm in the middle of reading Brooklyn. I have had to put that on pause to read Neverland and I'll be gone in the dark. And the writing is just so breathtaking. I need to read something mediocre just to like cleanse my palate. And it's yeah. like it's like when you watch all these dramatic movies and then you're like, I'm just gonna watch like like an Adam Toddlers and Tiaras or, or something like, yeah. something where you just you know it's gonna be fun and not necessarily the greatest don't quality. To, no, don't need to use your brain as much. Yeah. Yeah. And also I'm not just gonna be like, what am I doing as a writer? I'm uh, and just <laughs> despair at my lack of talent. Oh my god. <laughs> <sighs> oh, but do you get what I mean? Like you I need totally to. I totally get what you mean. Yeah. yeah, it's like when you've read a couple of bad books and you're like, oh, I need something really good to blow mm. me away. I'm like, can I just get something a little bit mediocre? Thank you. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I know. Well, this is like what I do. You know, like when you finish like a really, like you know, dramatic TV series or something like that, or you Go see back and like watch a- Friends. Exactly. It's exactly that. <laughs> so today we're just doing 
like a short mini episode because life has been pretty busy for both of us and I think everyone who listens to this appreciates that we both work and I also study and you know we fit this in in our spare time where we can so this is just a a short short and sweet little episode shorter discussion um, (laughs) to be honest not that much shorter but um yeah so just a bit smaller um than we usually do um because yeah crazy oh my god we've both had such crazy couple of weeks and a couple of weeks into the future I'm at work and you know other things yeah it's nearly beef week which if you know anything about Rockhampton, and we're the beef capital of Australia so we're both just like the whole town is like crazy busy and there go the dogs yeah of course um (laughs) anyway so speaking of being crazy busy this probably is the perfect time to actually mention that we've started a Patreon. Um, so for those who don't know what it is, Michelle, you're probably better at explaining it. Well, it stems from the idea that um, back in ye olde days, um, people used to essentially sponsor artists to create their artwork and so Patreon is trying to rekindle that in a 21st century sense. And it was a lot of debate for us to to join this but basically yeah we we wanted to we were on the fence for a while yeah and we want to we want people to know that the podcast will always be free but we just wanted to get a little community going on patreon where we share a few extra little things and we're still in the process of working that out so we do appreciate you um you know staying with us as we work that out but we wanted to I guess, value our work. Yeah, and our time um, yeah. and, you know, what we have put into this podcast over, yeah, almost a year. I we're know, almost, almost a year. year. Which we're getting excited and for. We're, look, we're sponsoring um, a few of our favourite creators as well, some people who have been on the podcast as well. And it's, you know, it's just a dollar or two dollars, but hopefully it all adds up to make a bit of a difference and if you have a dollar a month you could spare um you would have our eternal gratitude any money that comes through patreon will only go back into the podcast and making it better we put a lot of money into our website hosting and our you know our podcast Podcast hosting hosting and the microphone and you know anyone else who creates any kind of content yeah you'll know that that there's so much stuff does cost money yeah every blogger will know and that's that's before you even get to the actual like cost of your own time and Mm. oh my dream would be to be able to pay people to be in our podcast like that would be a dream because I know that creators that we're interviewing are also giving up their free time but that is that is probably a long way in the future if it ever happens, if we win the lottery maybe. Um, <laughs> but if you were willing to support us on this venture, we already really appreciate the fact that you listen and, and we will never not be grateful for that, that if you're able to help in any other way, you know, we'll be even more grateful. And exactly. we, part of us, like we both feel a bit terrible even with, Caitlin's like, I don't want to ask for money. And I know. we're not we're not asking for money, but if you do value what we do and, and you want to give a monetary contribution, you know, that will be really, really greatly appreciated in every other sense, though. If you just want to, you know, please just you listen and join keep, in the conversation and keep we listening love that. and tweet us and comment on our Instagram. There is nothing that we love more than that. And <laughs> 
yeah, it, it, it just makes our day when that happens. It really it does. does. And on that note as well, we have to say a big thank you to our first Patreon, Carly Finlay, who is a absolutely gorgeous human being. Just an amazing person. Yeah. yeah. So we had the honour of chatting to Carly yeah, absolute at the pleasure. start of the year. Yeah. And um, we will uh, hopefully you've already listened to the episode, but if you haven't, um, go back and, and listen to our episode with Carly and, and keep an eye out for her forthcoming memoir, which is, is going to be a really, really good read. So thank you, Carly. We really appreciate your support. Yeah. Um, and also if you, um, you know, if you do become a patron, you do get a shout-out on the podcast. Just, <laughs> like, like, what, just like Carly did. <laughs> but, yes, thank you, yes. Carly, for your support. It's yes. been great. And thank you all for listening and continuing listening onto this discussion that we're about to have. <laughs> Um, This week, we're going to be sharing five books that have a bit of a backstory that is a bit interesting, Um, Hmm. and we'll take turns. Um, So the first one that I'm going to tell a bit of a story about is The Old Man and the Sea by Ernest Hemingway. So I went to Cuba um, for my first overseas holiday in November 2016. Seems like so long ago. I know, it kind of was. (laughs) Yeah, so, I mean, it was an amazing holiday. Um, It was yeah, amazing. I didn't – you can actually go to, like, Ernest Hemingway's, like, house and there's, like, a bar somewhere in Havana that is, like, you know, supposedly, like, where he hung out or something like that. And I didn't actually get to do those things. I did many other things while in Havana. But um, one thing I did do is at one of the squares, um, like, main town squares, there was, like, a – I don't know, like, a market sort of thing on. Um, so there was all these different stalls. Um, that had so many books and honestly most of the books were Ernest Hemingway's books. Um, the oh, Graham Greene who wrote A Man in Havana, I think that's the right name, um, yeah, and some other like uh, history books like about the, you know, revolution and about Cuba in general um, and they also had, you know, some other jewelry and you know random things they had all these really cool posters and I got a really cool poster that's like got ice cream on it and it's yeah it's yeah, so nice I really like my poster um but I did buy a copy of The Old Man in the Sea which um Hemingway wrote while he was living in Havana um and it's quite a pretty edition it's like oh it's so small and tiny um and it has like a brown spine with like the black cover and it's like embossed with um silver foil with the name of the book and author's name obviously um yeah to be honest I have never read it um but it is like one of my favorite souvenirs that I got from when I was in Cuba Mm. I haven't read it yet but it's (laughs) yeah I think that's a nice little story (laughs) yeah actually it's funny, I wasn't going to do this one first, but I will because it matches because it's also a souvenir that I got. So um, my copy of Saplings by Noel Streetfeld, who also wrote Ballet Shoes, mm-hmm. um, is a beautiful grey Persephone books copy. Um, and if you're not familiar with Persephone, it's a bookshop and a like small publisher uh, in London and they focus on the lesser-known works or forgotten works of women writers of the 20th century. So, of course, when I heard that, I was like, well, I have to go there because mm-hmm. what could be more feminist than that? Yeah, it's awesome. And it is beautiful. It's in like this little 
it seems very like suburban and residential. Like it was still in the city, but it was a very quiet little street. I found a cafe nearby and had like, oh, by, by that stage I was, I'm really sorry if you can hear them mowing in the background that my neighbour, we thought that he'd finished. <laughs> he'd just finished whippersnippering and now he's mowing everything. Um, so I found a little cafe nearby, like a, just like a real British cafe and had like, <laughs> I had like a baked like potato. Tea, I was going to say like tea and scones. No. Yeah, no, no. Okay. I had a baked potato, like baked beans and stuff. And um, it was a really cold day and I went into Persephone and it's just like a beautiful shop to be in. Um, the, it doesn't feel like a shop though. It's like part office as well. It's oh, just, cool. it was so beautiful. And I just looked at everything and I was like, oh, I can't decide because Persephone editions also are all grey and they're just numbered and stuff. So I was just like to the lady, I I want to. have wanna, no idea Yeah, I was start. like, I have no idea where to start. I want to buy a book. Um, you know, I like World War II, like home stories, not fighting stories. And can you give me something like that? And she, she gave me three books and I picked this one um, that I could have easily bought every book in there and I'll definitely be going back. But it was, that was a nice little souvenir two of my time in London yeah that is a nice one and it's a very pretty book yeah it is um I'm going to pick the next one I'm I'm going to talk about is an unread book that I think is a bit of a funny story so um All the Light We Cannot See by Anthony Doe I think I don't know how you say his last name. I actually never took notice of the author because it was just the title I saw Everyone knows exactly what book I'm talking about. Um, It is a beautiful story. So I actually, while I was traveling in Cuba, um, I brought two books and the person I was traveling with brought two books. Because for some reason you did not have an e-reader. No, we're not having this discussion now. But (laughs) no, I like, anyway, so then we brought them so that we could like swap um so she read this one first and then read her other book so I read so she didn't end up needing either of mine but I read both of my books and then started reading all the light we cannot see um I am just over halfway through it um a bit after I got back as well I'm currently halfway through it and by currently halfway through it I mean I haven't touched it since maybe February 2017. Um, So started reading it in November 2016. It has sat in my currently reading on Goodreads since then. The bookmark is in the book on my bookshelf. I just. I have that with Pillars of the Earth too. I just don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I should really have, because like the chapters are so short. So I should really have it when I only have time to read like a page and I can just keep reading a page a day. Mm. But like, yeah. You should take it to work and read it on your lunch break. Oh, yeah. See, so many things. I just, I want to, I want to finish reading it. And do you really though? I do because. (laughs) Or is it time to just admit you're not going to finish it and just move on? No, I'm not ready to admit that yet. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I know. Okay, you go. Okay. So um, one that just recently came into my possession is. Roald Dahl Completely Unexpected Tales. So this is a compilation of, I think it's probably Tales of the Unexpected and more Tales of the Unexpected, which is his adult short stories, which are 
amazing, like so mm. brilliant. Um, but this copy is from my grandmother and it was my grandfather's and my mum looked at it and she's like, yeah, I've probably read that one about three times myself. And we both went to say like, do you remember the one about the guy on the cruise ship? Like it, <laughs> like it's the, the story that stuck with us. Um, yeah, so it's just, really, it's just really nice knowing that other people in your family have read it and loved it mm. and like my grandfather read it like multiple times and I never met him. So it's kind of nice to have that kind of little connection yeah, and I'm just nice. really excited to go back and read Roald Dahl's work because it's so good. <laughs> yeah, that's really <laughs> nice. All right, my third one is The Perks of Being a Wallflower. <laughs> by um, Stephen Shabosky. So this book has a bit of a funny story. So when I was in year 12, um, I did the 40-hour famine with a couple of my friends. Did you ever do that? Um, I think we might have done it in grade 12 or 11. Yeah. Maybe. I think I did it in year 11 and year 12. I don't remember. But in year 12, instead of giving up food, we gave up furniture and technology. So we got letters from our year year 12 coordinator um, saying that we were doing the 40-hour famine and that, that day at school we sat on the floor. We didn't sit on any of the chairs or use the desks in our classroom. We sat on the floor writing notes, only using our laptops when we absolutely had to. Um, yeah, wouldn't have used my phone all day or anything. And that afternoon after school, because I forget when we did our 40 hours too because I also slept on the floor that that night but um that uh evening I afternoon after school I went home and read I think not quite the entirety maybe I'd started it already but I read and most of it and finished the packs of being a wallflower lying on the lounge room floor because I was not using furniture or technology (laughs) I love that yeah what did you think of the movie I love the movie. So I think <laughs> I, you know, I saw the movie first because um, the copy of the book I have is like the movie edition, okay, which I yeah. don't mind. Um, yeah. it's, it's a nice cover No, it cover is a still. nice cover. Yeah. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I really do like the movie. The book, it's a pretty good adaptation really. I don't mm. think there's too many differences and the only differences are like, you know, to make things movie adaptable, yeah. you know. Um, yeah. And... Yeah, it's funny though. Every time I, every time I watch that movie, not many times, but I do remember more than once watching it um, at home, and my dad being like, "Oh, Emma Watson's trying to be American," <laughs> <laughs> which is very funny. But it's a yeah. very good movie. Yeah, mm, it is a good movie. I'd like to watch it again. Yeah, yeah. Um, so my third one is Vicious by V. E. Schwab, which is an advanced copy that my friend Mandy who we have had on the podcast mm-hmm. um so she is book uh bookish manicurist um so she does amazing things with nail art and books when she went to book expo america in like this is probably like four or five years ago now it's been such a long time uh she knew that I loved Victoria Schwab and she because she's a total darling, like lined up for like three hours to get this advanced copy signed, to get an advanced copy and then get it signed and bring it home for me. It was just so beautiful. So, yeah, that was really, really gorgeous. (laughs) 
That's so nice. And it's still like one of my favourite books of all time and I'll have to reread it before the sequel, Vengeful, comes out later in the year. Yeah. It's really good. That's so exciting. I mainly have to reread it because I can't really remember what yeah. happened. You know, like you remember the basics but I can't remember it good enough because I read it like as soon as I got it and it would have been like 2013 Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. So. No, totally. I have so many books in my bookshelf that I'm just like, I have absolutely no idea what happens in no that memory book. of this now. <laughs> no memory. Yeah. <laughs> so funny how that happens, hey? Like mm. you just read so many and you forget. Um, okay, so this is a bit of a quicker one, but the Hunger Games series. Mm. So I read the Hunger – I actually have kind of a funny story. So I read the first Hunger Games book so the Hunger Games, uh, when the movie came out um, and I had a movie edition of the book. Mm. So I read it and then saw the movie. Um, I actually read it while we were camping and I taught myself to braid my hair (laughs) Um, and then saw the movie and then tried and then bought copies of Catching Fire and Mockingjay to continue reading the series. Mm -hmm. Um, Then, you know, read them again probably loved all the movies um I think my younger brother read them um once when another time when we were camping he was reading them and had he was almost finished the Hunger Games and had brought Catching Fire so that he could continue on and my dad read Hunger Games and Catching Fire in like two two or three days and then read Mockingjay when we got back (laughs) so he's read them um but the books physical books I so I had the movie edition and then I had the the white and purple copy of Catching Fire and the orangey sort of one of Mockingjay, um, the original covers. And then it always bugged me that they didn't match. <laughs> and one day, like a year or so ago, I saw a full set of the original covers on Facebook, like Marketplace, Buy, Swap, Sell group or something. Um, and I bought them and just gave my three copies to my younger brother. I was like, <laughs> here you go. Mine match now. They're all pretty. So uh, that is like my only case, I think, of a serious literally bought a whole new set to replace the ones I had. Yeah. Yep. I don't think I've really done that before. I mean, I've made the conscious decision of like buying this cover over that cover. Yeah, or, I've done that. But I've like, never like replaced, don't think. Yeah. Or like even when I bought um, – Becky Albertelli's books this weekend, mm. you know, they have the movie cover for Love, Simon right next to the normal cover. I got the normal cover. Mm. Yeah. Not that I don't love Nick Robinson's face. But, you know. <laughs> um, so my next one is called Flight of the Starling by Lisa Heathfield. Hatfield? Hatfield is probably how you say it. I don't know. I don't Sorry. Know. <laughs> my next read is Flight of the Starling by Lisa Hatfield. Um, unfortunately yet to read it, but I really hope to get to it before we go to Ireland in June because um, it was actually one of the books that the absolutely gorgeous Grace picked for me when we went book shopping in Brisbane. So we've had Grace on this podcast and she's so gorgeous mm. and amazing. I just love her so much. And I'm going to be seeing yeah, her when we go incredible. to <laughs> the UK. Um, so I want to be able to tell her that I've read the books. But we went book shopping in London when we met up there and then she happened to be coming out to Australia. We happened to be on like one of our flights was the same, which was really cool. And when I went down to Brisbane to see Paul McCartney, 
we met up in Brisbane and I took her book shopping at some of my favourite places. And when we went to where the wild things are in West End, West End yeah. yeah, next to Avid Reader, she picked out Flight of the Starling and another book, The Loneliest Girl in the Universe, for me to read the books that she had loved. And then I picked out Wildlife and... I think maybe Girl Defective by Simone Howe for her to read. Like two books that I really loved that were Aussie books. Mm -hmm. So we kind of did a bit of a swap. A trade. Yeah, Yeah. kind of. So I'd like to read that before I go over because I know she just loved that and said it was amazing. So, yeah. Yeah. That's nice. Mm. Okay. Um, So the next one um, is... I have these two editions that I got for Christmas this year. Um, they're like adult Enid Blyton books. I'm just scrolling back my Instagram so I can get the titles. Um, so Enid Blyton's books, you know, like she's very famous for like, you know, the oh, Famous Five, the all I the, think like everyone. So Do many we need knows. to explain I don't who think Enid I need to explain is. who Enid Blyton is. But um, <laughs> I've read so many of her books, like Magic Faraway Tree series is probably my favourite. Um, oh, yes. But um if you haven't seen these, like, adult Enid Blyton ones, they're hilarious. I haven't actually, like, sat and read most read these. I've flicked through them. But um, the two that um, my aunt got for me for Christmas are called Five Go Down Under. Um, so it's about a family who has a holiday in Australia. The Sydney Opera House is in the background. Um, and Five at the Office Christmas Party. So I have sort of flicked through and read bits and pieces and I know that they also have um, ones about like something about being gluten-free, which is just I find hilarious because mm. I'm gluten intolerant. Um, so I really would I'm like surprised to get that one, get you well. that one. <laughs> I think they didn't have it. Like I, yeah. Yeah, but it's very funny. I love Enid Blyton's books and these are obviously not written by Enid Blyton, but um, like sort of in that style of a child book but I don't know. They're so funny. <laughs> and they were gifted to me um, by an aunt who has given me many books over the years and encouraged my reading habits um, by giving me Roald Dahl books and Enid Blyton books and, you know, talking to me about Secret Garden and Anne of Green Gables and all sorts of things. So that was one of my favourite Christmas presents that I got last year. <laughs> yeah, that's really cute. I love it when people gift you books and, like, you have that connection with them over the years too. I think that's lovely. So my final book is True Crime. Who'd have thought it? It's called Five Drops of Blood and it's by Professor Paul Wilson and Diane McInnes. So the story behind this is that last year Jack and I went to see the My Favourite Murder Girls live in Brisbane at the Tivoli. It was a really amazing show. And when they called for hometown murders and they get someone from the crowd to come up and tell a story. This awesome lady got up and did a story about the Cat Protection Society murders. And, you know, if you're an MFM fam, you'll know that they love cats because Georgia has three, Elvis, Mimi and Dottie, and Elvis always makes an appearance at the end of an episode. It's very cute. So, of course, Everyone in the crowd was like, this is perfect. And I'm still so sad that they didn't put that recording up on like for the podcast because it's such a good home telling and she tells it so well. Um, So there was actually a book then written about it. And when we were talking on the Facebook like fan groups 
after the like after the show and everyone was saying you know what murders did they do and people were like our hometown girl was excellent like props to you someone was like oh my gosh there's a book about it and I kind of looked at it and was like oh haha, that's like looks like a really weird sort of book that you know it would be like a small print book you probably wouldn't it's pretty old now you know and then I went book shopping at a um like antique and secondhand bookstore on the Gold Coast and I'd built up quite a pile by this stage. And I turned around and started looking at their true crime section. And I was like, oh my gosh, they have five drops of blood. And I had to like, my mum was with me. I was like, oh my God, mum, this is the story that we did. Oh, and I was like, so excited. (laughs) So I'm just going to read the back because it's such a bizarre murder. So in March 1998, four directors of the Cat Protection Society of Queensland drove to their chairperson's house to discuss crucial items on the agenda. They heard the strained barking of a security dog and the howls of 16 hungry cats because she had 16 cats in her house. Oh, my God. A terrible smell hit them as they climbed out of their car and it led to the decomposing body of Dr. Kathleen Marshall, slumped in the veterinary clinic she had created under her house. So what makes this such an interesting case, though, is that the person who was you know, put on trial and subsequently imprisoned for the murder was found guilty only by the DNA samples of five drops of blood at the scene. He had no motive. Um, The exact time of death and a murder weapon were not presented as evidence and it's like the only conviction or the first conviction in Australia based solely on DNA and only the third in the world based solely on DNA. so So it's an interesting case anyway. But, yeah, just so bizarre that I would turn around and, like, find this random book that, I mean, honestly, it's one of those, it's such a small press, you know, it's not even published by one of the big publishers here. It's probably an indie publisher and it's just an old thing. And then the other funny thing that I just noticed when I got it out to do this recording was that the professor is a criminologist at Bond University I went to uni and while I didn't have him, I did do a couple of criminology classes and lots of people in my classes had Paul for their lectures. So, So, yeah, that was kind of another weird connection. So, yeah. (laughs) That's so funny. I hope I'm going to read it soon because it looks pretty, like, pretty easy to get through. Oh, that's right. We didn't. Okay. Okay. So, so that's the story behind some of our books. Yeah. I think some of them are really weird. I mean, we had like souvenirs, family gifts, family heirlooms almost. With mm. that yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's really odd actually that like, you know, you just look at someone's bookshelf and kind of assume that they bought all those books, but that's never the case. I love finding out the story I behind love- people's books. There have you so- got a weird story? We want to hear it. Yes. Want please to hear tell it. us because... Yeah. Oh my gosh, there we should do like ones. on my favorite murder when they read out the hometown murders, but you guys send us in your stories of like weird book collections. <gasps> if that you would do be that, so cool. If you do that, we will definitely, definitely read it. Please. On me. air. On air. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> like no, we'll I definitely, definitely read it. I didn't mean we'll like read, read it. We'll read it out loud on air. Give you a shout out. Yeah, yeah please. Send in your weird so where cool. you got like weird quirky books that you found. Anything like that that yeah, has a cool story. Out. That's awesome. Okay. Um, so, yeah, thanks for listening, guys. Thank you. Uh, please follow us at Better Words Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Please rate, review, subscribe, leave us a review, leave us comments, you know, all the things. Shower us with love and affection. Yes. <laughs> uh, just, like, 
you know, feed us grapes and fan us and you know, like, <laughs> all those things. Oh, often required when we're recording, actually, because it does yeah. get quite hot in the podcast room. I'm so excited for it to get a bit cooler. <laughs> okay. Thanks, okay, guys. Thank you, guys. Bye. Bye.